have the blood of the old gods in you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Everything in Potteration, because sometimes the internet or the Justice League can be too much. I am Robert, and I am Ancient Lamentation music playing. Bless. I am Daily, and I am Hawk Girl, who I'm pretty sure is going to join the Justice League, right? Right? Maybe. Maybe. Hi, I'm Colin, and uh, Ancient Lamentation music playing, because it happened so goddamn much in this movie. It's got to repeat. All of us should have said it. Mm -hmm. You know that comedy rule of twos. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the Snyder cut of the Justice League. Our plan here is to talk about the things around the movie and how the Internet kind of manifested it into existence. Um, And then halfway through, we're going to start talking spoilers. So if you're invested in the movie and haven't seen it, because frankly, finding four hours of your time, you know, you have to you plan a lot. Yeah, that's not a whim. It's a lot. Um, So, yeah, we'll let you know when the spoilers happen. So if you do need to pause the podcast, you know, you'll you'll get a warning. Don't worry. You'll you'll get the right now. You are safe. Yes. Um, so I thought first it might be a good good uh, time for us to talk about how how did Snyder cut? <laughs> how did this happen? <laughs> how how happen? Why? Yeah. <laughs> um. So for a little bit of background, uh, the original Justice League, the theatrical release, came out in 2017, uh, where Zack Snyder was directing it up until a point until he had to step away due to a family emergency, uh, which we found out later on was that his daughter tragically. Uh, you know, committed suicide, which is, you know, my, my heart goes out. Like that's one of the worst things a parent can go through and totally understand why you would step away from a movie to, you know, yeah. Anything. Have a moment. Step away, dude. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, honestly, realistically, it's kind of surprising that he was even willing to come back. I mean, that's because you know what I'm saying? That that happens while you're filming and next thing you know, you're just like everything you associate with that movie is just mm-hmm with that event happening so mm-hmm. kudos yeah i mean i think it was really rad though at the end of this movie the snyder cut he did dedicate it to his daughter which you know i think that's really cool um but for the 2017 cut we got good old joss whedon to um to come in and, and push it to the finish line could they not find anyone else <laughs> like I, he did the was Avengers, no one else though. willing right right uh mm-hmm. so this is a totally uh identical superhero team up movie so that's why they they called him in because it's totally the same vibe the same jokes the same heroes so he could handle it yeah i mean superman is iron man he's got a drinking problem he has a mechanical <laughs> heart same yeah, huh? same character billionaire genius mm-hmm. playboy the philanthropist mm-hmm. yep and yep and then remember at the end of Man of Steel, Clark Kent did a little press conference and then was just like, I am Superman. Well, and then no one Burger believed King. him until he took off the glasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. So that all happened. 
Yeah. It could have happened. There could be another cut, the Whedon cut that we don't know about. <laughs> Give us the Whedon cut. God, said please no one no. ever. Just let this let this fucking movie die already, please. Yeah, I mean, we did get the Whedon cut. That was a 2017 cut, right? And remember back then, uh, the the problems around Whedon weren't as um, prominent or spoken about, right? True. Uh, True. People didn't know. People were more excited because it's like, oh yes, the guy who did a successful Marvel movie of team ups is gonna come in and fix the DC movie of team ups, and and then mm-hmm. it, it it was kind of bad. He yeah. took he took four hours, took turned it into two ish, two and a half hours, and added funny jokes like the lasso scene and the um the the flash uh landing on top of wonder woman's boobs because that's funny oh that's that comedy had... mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. anime absolute that's an comedy. anime trope mm-hmm. yeah he watches anime we i think we we know this <laughs> joss weeben <laughs> i i get joss the, the weeb vibe from whedon absolutely yeah. yeah, and so I think we should also say that, too. so you guys have both seen the Joss Whedon cut, the original version of the movie. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so has been saved. I, I will say up front that this podcast, I will be playing, I, I don't know, I guess the straight man uh, or what the, the, the layman who isn't in, invested in the whole superhero thing. Right. So, um, yeah, I'll be coming at this more of the standpoint of like, as a movie fan rather than like I'm all in on the superhero thing. So I apologize in advance if I'm going to be a little bit more yucking ya yum, not so up on some of the things that happened in this movie, but I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, Daly and I have both seen the theatrical release. I was there day one, like I guess night Dang, one dude. of it. Yeah. I mean, cause here's the thing I, in terms of comics, I do like DC more than Marvel just generally mm. mm-hmm. but the movies for dc are are often very bad or mediocre you know i mean marvel movies got to a point where they were a little formulaic but the formula was still fun right like you went to the movie yeah. and you're like this was fun dc movies didn't quite have that yeah you didn't leave it like ah oh, i want to watch that again it's like you're sitting in it afterward like this is sinking in mm-hmm. This overwhelming sense of dread. And man it of is. Steel. It's dread. Absolutely. It's dread. And then everything looks after you leave the theater, it looks oversaturated and too bright. Because mm-hmm. everything is so dark in a Snyder film, mm. both literally and figuratively, I guess. Um, but since the Justice League movie originally came out, there was a lot of talk of the hashtag Snyder cut. Everyone knew that the Snyder cut was going to be way better. And that started trending on Twitter. Fans were begging pleading and demanding for it uh co-stars co-workers of snyder right were tweeting about it ray fisher was really adamant about it gal gadot was really adamant about it right like they were like the movie that came out in the theater is not what we wanted it to be or what we expected it to be so twitter did its magic the internet people did its magic and then hbo max came in and was like hey zach we have 70 million (laughs) dollars Would you like it? (laughs) And he said, yes, please, because I need 60 million of that to get Jared Leto to do a cameo for five minutes and then 10 million of it for more special effects. Which that that did not stretch as far as I think anyone thought it was going to. So no, Mm -hmm. sure didn't. Yeah. 
there's there's definitely um an interesting and i'm i'm when we'll get into like the spoiler territory i'm very interested in hearing colin who hasn't uh seen the original like having that context to see like having the forgiveness i guess or the suspension of disbelief for certain scenes that you know were reshoots or were added in later that Mm -hmm. just don't live up to the rest of the film in terms of like cgi or clarity Mm -hmm. uh and just having because i think if this just came out and you just see it without any of the background information about like this is a different cut this is the movie previously was kind of bombed on etc etc would it still stand up as like, wow, that was a very great four hour film? Yeah. So I I would just like to give a shout out to our friend Adam from the UK um, because I had tweeted out after seeing the Snyder cut that I was like, you know, I, I'm no big superhero movie fan. It was something to the effect of like, I'm no big superhero movie fan, but I just finished the Snyder cut and oof, like if if that was that, then I can't imagine how bad the original was. <laughs> and Adam was like, "Well, like you should you should watch the Joss Whedon version. It's only about two hours, so you can like you know really compare it." And I'm just like, I tweeted back at him the the gif from Endgame where it's Captain America saying, "No, no, I don't think I will." <laughs> I think you mean Joe Biden saying that. Yeah, Joe Biden. Right, right. Um, because I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm gonna be frank right now. I for the most part, did not enjoy the Snyder cut like at all. Mm. Um, and like, I'm not going to put myself through two hours more of that, especially a worse version of a movie that I didn't enjoy in the first place. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Adam. I apologize, but that's just where I'm coming from. Like not really His that eyes invested. will forever remain clean. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm curious daily. What's your off the cuff? No spoilers. Take is Snyder cut good or, or Ye. bad? Yeah. Is good. Um, is good. Is good. Um, it felt like having read a draft of something and then being like, "You got to work on this," and then them coming back and being like, "I really put work into this," and it shows, and that's very satisfying. Um, all the places where it previously didn't connect came together much more cleanly, and in a, from a storytelling perspective, that was super satisfying. Mm-hmm. And. I enjoyed it too. Keep in mind, I'm biased again, big DC fan, right? Um, but I did say before I watched it, I was telling a lot of my friends, you know, we were talking about like, oh, I've got to watch a four hour dumb movie to talk about it for another, let's be honest, eight hours. This is going to be an eight hour podcast, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. Strap in y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I said, the only people who will think Justice League Snyder Cut is good are the people who wanted Justice League Theatrical Cut to be good. I think you need to have been walking in with that hope to like it. Mm, yeah. I feel like I'm a little bit proven slightly wrong in that a lot of the reviews I'm seeing are like, okay, this is actually genuinely very, very good. But I think from an upfront cost no one is going to pay four hours of their life unless they're already invested in wanting Justice League, the movie, to be something they can be proud of or enjoy and be happy about. Um, I think our sample size of three, which scientifically is infallible, um, yes. is proving that because Daly and I both saw the original, saw its flaws. Then we saw the Snyder Cut, walked away generally positive. Colin did not see it, walked away yeah. asleep. 
he didn't walk away <laughs> no no robert can attest to this there was a point in the movie where i was literally dozing did you doze um, off yeah part of it was was alcohol was consumed <laughs> yeah we, um, we tried to make it a drinking game <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh no which oh, I'm wondering because no. depending. And, and, and by the way, there is a recording of us watching this movie, an audio only recording of us, because mm-hmm. Robert threw, put, just put his tape recorder on the table and it just let it eat while we watched the movie. And so I don't know if he's going to intersplice like parts of that or like if any of it's like worthy of listening to. But yeah, that exists. And I'm sure there's a part of it where you just might hear a little bit of snoring. Um, but I want to say, though. That even though I didn't enjoy this movie, I'm not tone deaf to the fact that DC fans like saw the original movie were like, what the fuck was that? And really wanted a win with the Snyder Cut. You know, they wanted this to come out. They wanted it and it improved upon the movie that they wanted to be good. And I, I can applaud that. I can respect that. I get that. You got to take your wins where you can get them. I'm just saying I'm coming at this from a general fan of movies that just to as me, a film yeah as a movie in and of itself was it good to me it wasn't okay mm-hmm. like it just it just wasn't good and for reasons that we'll get into and you know part of part of me also wonders with the reviews right um it's it's a four-hour movie right like that's a lot and if you're gonna nitpick i mean if you nitpick like a two-hour movie you know you can kind of get through that but a four-hour mm-hmm. four-hour you know like that's there's so much that I wonder if part of it is just like, I'm, I don't want to think about the things that bothered me because I have to go through a lot of it across four hours of my brain. So let me just like it. And then I don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> I right? just want to like put it in the like bin in mm-hmm. my head and not have to think about it again. Yeah. Well, because yeah. the question I want to pose to you two, right, is that, you know, we, we've talked about how this movie wouldn't exist without the Internet and Twitter being like, make it exist, please. But let's let's pretend all that was aside, right? Like let's say in 2017, Snyder had his original vision fulfilled and it was a four-hour movie. Do you think that would have even come out in theaters? Yeah. No, they would, I mean, they would have cut it back. They would have cut the runtime. Mm. Or I think maybe they would make a really clumsy split um, as many movies have done um to their detriment i think especially if we're talking about um i think and it's gonna sound weird i think the one that did it right was twilight the last twilight movie interesting breaking dawn part one part two breaking yeah yeah uh breaking benjamin yes um that the movie (laughs) and that's quickly followed by the deathly hollows part one and part two or was that before i think that that was one that set the stage so i think if they would have split it in two yeah um it would have gone the route of deathly hollows in that we're all so invested in a series like this that we're going to see both movies but the first film is 100 percent just building up to the second one Mm -hmm. and that's the way that this film was structured if it had been split um you know down the middle between the parts it would have just been build up build up build up build up build up and then like here's the film that you needed yeah that all the exposition and dialogue was leading up to yeah and that would have sucked i I was just gonna say that like logistically for move like the way movie theaters work um having a four-hour movie would just be a logistical nightmare because you can only show that movie so many times and uh, like 
you're going to have to take up two theaters if you're going to want to get enough showings to make, you know, recoup your investment in this movie. And so that's just going right. to cost the studio a lot more money. Um, so they would probably have told Snyder to cut it by at least a half an hour, probably maybe a full hour. Um, so I think that's how it realistically would have went unless they did go the route of splitting it into two movies. Yeah, and I agree with you there, Colin. I think there's no way they would put a four hour movie in theaters nowadays, especially right. if it's like a superhero movie, because superhero mm. movies are made to be mass consumed, you know, like get as many people in there as possible, rotate as many times as you can. Um, and I agree with you, too, Daily, that splitting it in half would have been bad, because um, if you compare it to Marvel's Avengers, right, like uh, the Infinity War and Endgame. That could have technically been a five and a half hour movie or whatever it is, six hour movie, right? But when you split it, like at least Infinity War had like it had a climax, right? Like there was an ending to it. It didn't feel mm -hmm. unfinished. It had its own plot. Right. And then the overarching plot was continued in the next movie. Exactly. Whereas here it would have felt very unfinished or just like you're leaving me hanging, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, where we are now in this world where there are a ton of streaming services, if you follow tech even a little bit, you probably noticed everyone and their fucking grandma is getting into streaming. Frasier's coming back for streaming, you know, like Whoa. it's it's kind of stupid how many streaming services there are. But I do think that it's it's providing the avenue for these four hour epic movies that wouldn't see the light of day in a theater anymore. Like, look at The Irishman. That had a very indie theatrical release, right? Like, none of the really big theaters really carried it a lot. Um, but Netflix then came out with it, and that's when it blew up, you know? Yeah, and, and it should be noted, too, that that was, that was pre-COVID, even, The Irishman. Yeah. So, like, now we have all this stuff happening because of the pandemic, and so, again, much like what we talked about with our teleworking episode, the, this change in how we consume media is, is only being expedited. We weren't even stuck inside. We chose to be inside with the Irishman. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. um, it's weird how it's, it's actually kind of like coming back around because, I mean, there are like old Hollywood films like Lawrence of Arabia and Ben-Hur that are these like three and a half hour epics. Right that are huge long long stories but i mean they had the theatrical releases and weren't available in the home for many many years because of the technology at the time and people were willing to sit down and do that i think justice league warrants that same runtime same kind of treatment because like ben-hur and lawrence of arabia it's an epic mm. it's it's a very large story of a whole bunch of stuff happening a lot of stuff going on it's not just even the one you know title character it's the fate of the known world at the time yeah yeah and i think that it's it's interesting to see that now it's all coming back while the internet is pushing things forward right like mm. this is a very few, one of the few times you can think of where the internet is radically changing things but in some ways it's changing it to be back to the way it was right yeah it's like, I, I remember having a conversation once with someone about like, what are we going to do with like our tiny, tiny attention spans? Like since Vine made anything longer than six seconds seem long mm. and yet Quibi failed when they were like, we're going to, we're going to capitalize on that, on these very short, 
but well done productions. And it's like, no, we want, you know, to binge the series. We want we're okay with having much longer form stories. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we're doing right now is is already the antithesis to that. Podcasts are fucking massive. People yes. watch hours long video essays on YouTube about listen their to favorite. us for hours. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I consume podcasts like I it's not it's not uh, too infrequent that I, I I mean, I consume three hour podcasts like a day, two hour long, at least, mm-hmm. you know, so there there is a need and a want for long form content out there. People like nuance and conversation. And, you know, I, it's interesting because I've seen this point being made on Twitter and a bunch of people with the, the, the discourse TM, right, saying, uh, I don't want to watch a four hour movie, but put like an eight episode, one hour a piece thing on Netflix and I'll binge <laughs> it in one day. Right. Yep. Um, yep. As if they're equivalent. I get the joke you're making. It's very funny. Haha. It's not equivalent <laughs> at all. Because um, because you could break up the Snyder Cut into six episodes, right? I mean, they were considering making it a miniseries, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie itself literally has black cards and then it says part one. I, I laughed because I didn't expect it. It's very funny. But if they really did that and released each part separately as episodes, pacing wise, I don't think it would it would do as well, right? Because with TV shows, you have to pace them the right way in that it should still be enjoyable to watch if you watch one episode a week, like WandaVision, for example, or if you binged it all at once, right? Uh, Whereas Snyder Cut, I don't think it was paced out in a way where you could watch like each part a day and they would all be equally satisfying. Yeah. It's meant to be a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a filmmaker, uh, not a show runner. Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Runner? Mm-hmm. Does he run? Zack Snyder, send us your uh, workout routine. He's probably ran yeah. once, right? Um, oh, also, should we present this podcast in 4x3 to preserve our creative vision? Man, you know, yes. I was going to make a joke about how my tape recording of us watching it was recorded in 4x3. <laughs> <laughs> So originally, uh, we were going to watch it on our on our nice big flat screen television, and then uh, we wound up watching it on an iPad, and it worked perfectly with that formatting. So yeah. I can't complain. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not. I don't really care that much. Four by three, sixteen by nine, whatever. Like it's a movie, and I can still watch it. It's still a window into the universe. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, are we going to start watching like Quibi style, like vertical phone filmed movies <laughs> on our big screen TVs now? Maybe. So I or... watch TikToks. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Did no. you get a special TV stand that rotates your TV 90 degrees? <gasps> oh, my God. That's Is the that future. the future? That's the future. That might be the future. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Call us Samsung. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will say that without i could like before we even get into any sort of anything to do with the story i could tell you right off the bat my issues with the movie have to do with basically three main things cg slow motion ancient lamentation music (laughs) okay so two of the two out of three of those are just hallmarks of Zack snyder so i just think you don't like Zack snyder films (laughs) Hmm. see i liked 300 back in the day anyway but there was so much slow-mo 
and probably ancient lamentation music. Actually, there was I think definitely about it. ancient lamentation there music. Lot, there was a, <laughs> was a lot. Except it, but it in, made sense because it was it was fucking it was, it was modern Sparta. lamentation music because mm. it was it was Sparta back in the day. So you don't like ancient. I don't know. I don't know okay, what point I'm trying but, to make. But the CG in this movie is excessive. It is excessive. Yes. And the thing is, when it is there, it doesn't look good. Mm. Like, at all. And you can tell that not, like nothing was grounded in reality when it came to, the, come, came to the way it was animated. Like, it looked like Wonder Woman was hitting fucking, like, I, I think Critical said it best, as like helium balloons. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, it kind of does. They're kind of, she's just tapping them and they're going flying. <laughs> the goodbye out of the park. I mean that that pretty much sums sums it up. I mean, and a lot of a lot of shots. There was a lot of shots too, where you didn't need to use CG for that, guys. As <laughs> I say, so you said that. you use the word excessive. Yeah. In in terms of like you didn't need to do that. You didn't. There was there was times where practical effects or no effects yes. at all could have been. Yeah, like uh, like a stand-in. Like mm-hmm. for instance, there were there were scenes where like. Lois Lane, for instance, was like standing with it, like the background was like the city or whatever. It's like, yeah, I, I can understand that you're going to green screen that, but it's like that even that looks fake. I don't know if it's because of the color grading or the lighting choices, but to me, it just does. It, you, she does not look present in that space. Mm. You, you know what I'm mm. saying? And that's the issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it's pretty tough to get all of that together, right? I mean, I've, I've seen a few like behind the scenes footage of like the uh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. And it seems like the amount of work it takes to make that look as good as it does is nuts, right? Probably costs more than $70 million worth of man hours. So I don't know. I I can't can't fault it too hard. You know, it just is what it is. Yeah, I I, and I can I can respect that. But, you know, it's it's always been marvel versus dc right and coming off of like avengers and then going to this which is supposed to be the dc Mm. equivalent of the avengers right it's pretty jarring both from like an effect standpoint a story standpoint uh and you know just the characters and how they're filled out like it's they just did a lot more movies on the marvel end of things they had a lot more build-up they had a lot of things on the Marvel side compared to the DC, you know, they had a lot of things working against it on the DC side. I was that say, do you think then it was kind of primed for failure when you, you know, only have a you have two million dollar budget to finish a multi hundred million dollar project? Like, how do you how do you do that? Yeah, I know. I, and a lot of it was like the ads are, are, are the ads are stacked against them. And I do acknowledge yeah. that. Um, I, 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 just, I do think, yeah, that there's some reliance on like the goodwill of the fans. It's like Definitely. you you like this, you're going to forgive us for not delivering 100%, but at least this time it's 75% of what you want versus a stinky pile of 25% weed and I don't know. Right, right. Well, and it's and it just kind of feels like I don't know if that was the idea, but like the showrunners on the DC side like looking at what Marvel's doing and be like, yeah, we could, we could try to do that, but then just do like a ham fisted version where we're going to give you like three or four movies and then just kind of throw you into the Avengers end of things without any sort of like buildup. It was Batman V Superman. And I will acknowledge also, I have not seen Batman V Superman, but I have seen man of steel. I have seen Aquaman and I have seen wonder woman, the first one. 
And so I at least have some iota of like what they're going for here. Mm. And it just doesn't like Wonder Woman was was pretty solid. Like that was probably the most solid out of all of them. But like they're just not building a strong foundation for for this in the first place. They're not setting themselves up well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think we're kind of getting to the point now where it's hard for us to talk about it without spoiling thing. So I think it, hey. it, it's a good time for us to start getting into the spoilers. So we're going to take a little musical break here. Uh, a little bit of ancient lamentation music. Ancient um, so on the other end of the music, it will be spoiler territory. So you'll have a little bit of time. Um, and we're also going to do a little bit of housekeeping, read an email from uh, from Adam over in the UK about his thoughts on this Justice League cut. So we'll see you on the other side. Alright, and we are back with some quick housekeeping. Uh, so first we have a little email from our good friend of the UK, Adam. So the thoughts that he has for us, uh, let's see here. After seeing Batman v Superman uh, in a cinema, it made me hate my life. I get it. <laughs> so for the Justice League, I watched it through, <laughs> through other means, if you know what I'm getting at. I get it. You talked to your good friend Martha and asked her to give you a cut of the movie. How do you know that name? <laughs> Why do you know that? <laughs> the original was a two-hour mishmash of Snyder, Grimdark, and Whedon gags, constantly fighting with each other, so the final film turned out to be a complete mess. So it shocks me to say that the Snyder version is actually better. It's egregiously long, but tells a mostly coherent story. Having watched both, you can tell what Ray Fisher was why Ray Fisher was the most outspoken and pissed off. A lot of the stuff with his father, backstory of his mother, him learning his super hacking abilities were all left on the cutting room floor basically his entire presence in the original cut was him just being reduced to sad robot boy so, same with the flash whose use of his powers to save iris from the car crash were also gone completely so those are the positives the negatives are all the usual snyder tropes the fact that this opened with a slow motion shot that went on for about 10 minutes or longer was hilarious hello colin uh, then the slow motion dramatic shot of Lois Lane putting down a cup of coffee on a police barrier had me howling with laughter. Then there's the ultraviolence. Wonder Woman casually murdering a terrorist, uh, complete with blood was bl blood splat was bizarre. Then a few seconds later, she gives a heartfelt talk with one of the schoolgirls while a man's brains bleeds out on the floor next to her. Yeah. And don't worry, guys. We're going to have an empowerment talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. this dude is just fucking. What what you don't know is that wall. little girl is actually like a sociopath is going to become a serial killer. And she's like, I want to be like you when I grow up. And, <laughs> and I have to like and this isn't Adam saying this. I have to say, right, just to flesh out that scene a little more because we've all seen it now at this point. It's Wonder Woman comes in, beats the shit the blood out of a bunch of people. And then After an stops awkward dodging and like blocking scene that was very CG and poorly anim it was weird yeah and then she grabs a bomb that was gonna blow up the building and throws it into the sky to save everyone from the bomb and then she lands gives this little girl a heartfelt like you can do it too you can be your own hero speech and then turns around and blows up the building with her own bracelets to hurt one more man <laughs> and we don't see his body either which you can only assume he's like dead his hat we see his hat that's yeah. important i i will say that entire like the terrorists that 
just want to cause terror that whole scene while dumb much better than the first time around where we had no context whatsoever and it was like i guess wonder woman was there and she saved some kids i guess i guess yeah i guess i agree um but and then and then adam goes through with a list of a few things that were very different in the original uh film compared to this fully the the full cut the maximum cut (laughs) the (laughs) ultimate cut of uh the snyder movie um but thank you for your thoughts adam we appreciate it uh and now let's dive in with our thoughts on the movie spoilers abound uh ancient lamentation music abounds (laughs) ancient lamentation music everywhere man it's kind of hard to know where to start with this (laughs) right because there's just so much um but six parts plus an epilogue uh overall for me I think the marketing kind of kind of leads you up to be disappointed in the movie. He, can I say it? Can I you, say it? You can say it. You, you he get doesn't one say ticket. the thing. He doesn't say we live in a society. We live <laughs> in a society. I've never felt more betrayed in my life. <laughs> and I I love that that moment is Zack Snyder. He very clearly knows the meme. I was like, we're going to get the meme in front of the people and bait and switch them. It was. But here's the thing, though. Is the fact that he got Jared Leto playing the Joker to say that is like it was Leto's idea. It was so fucking believable that Jared Leto, of all people, would be the one saying that. I I totally believe that Leto would be like unironically like yeah we live in a society Uh, oh my god like be into that like oh like Joker knows best but guys like the trade off was we got like one of the edgiest Batman lines of all time make no mistake I will fucking kill you yeah and I'll do it slowly just like I promised Harley Quinn how'd y'all feel about the the swearing in our good Christian cinema. Good <laughs> you know, Batman it, it was fine. Honestly, as someone who, much like every other comic book fan, I'm a big fan of the Batman Joker um uh rivalry, I guess you might call it. Uh but I, I love it more in its like almost homoerotic vibes, because like they both love mm. each other, but they can't kill each other because they love each other, but refuse to tell each other they love each other. But like some the Lego movie where that tension is there. Yeah, but sometimes Joker is aware that they love each other and is trying to get Batman to admit it. And I love those moments a lot. And there was a lot of that here where Jared Leto, he didn't say we live in a society, but he did say who else is going to give you a reach around, which is very like, <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll, OK, I I'll was, take that. I was, yeah, taken aback for a minute. I was like, <laughs> all right, we're in the nightmare sequence. He's just kind of like, no. he's, he, he kind of just had this like, Mm, yeah those are pretty good he's got a point point. yeah Yeah. man so i don't know i i kind of dug it but then there's also that that implication of this is clearly setting up a sequel that as we are now as we know now we're we're probably never going to get it at least not from the snyderverse right right yeah and then then batman batman wakes up and then he walks out into the terrace of his bajillion dollar home. <laughs> he's just mm-hmm. like, and then Martian Manhunter happens. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I'm Martian Manhunter. And Batman's like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Thanks, bud. Um, I'm going to go back Genu- to bed now. Genuine question. I don't 
understand why Martian Manhunter was was Martha momentarily in order to convince Lois to reintroduce herself into society after Clark's death. Okay, because la- lateral because. thinking. You got to you got to think like Zack Snyder, you know. You gotta- <laughs> Can I? I don't know if I can do that, Robert. Is he supposed to be omniscient? Like Martian Manhunter? No, his powers are shape shifting, psychokinesis, telekinesis, super strength fly. He's kind of he's kind of like an off Superman, but alien, but literally an alien. Yeah, I know nothing about this character other than when I watched the Justice League cartoon when I was Mm -hmm. a kid. Oh, he's weak to fire. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but no. So so he he Same. as Martha encourages Lois to go to work, so that way she can be at work. So that way, when Clark comes to life, she will be there to say, "Hey, Clark, it me, Lois." Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like an omniscient knows stuff is gonna go down. Counterpoint. We're all very connected in this world. <laughs> she could still just leave her apartment. <laughs> For sure. And it's also super- greet. It was, I don't know. That just yeah. was weird to me. It's super fan yeah. service. And I also love that they, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't put in the conversation where Lois was just like, hey, but like, didn't I just see you back in, in Gotham? You know, when she shows up at the farmhouse randomly when Clark and Lois are there because Clark like flew Lois all the way from Gotham. Mm-hmm. To the farmhouse in, in Kansas. In and then Hill. Martha just shows up. Like, there was no scene where Lois was just like, what, but how did, but how did you, how, but, like, <laughs> she just, yeah, because Martha just knew to fly out there. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> via, not via Superman, via plane. You know, Superman Airlines. Yeah, Superman Air, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you have That's to imagine. That's what he could do. That conversation later, right? Like, oh, hey, Martha, thanks for talking me out of my funk the fuck you talking about like what what oh yeah that's 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 how it happens mm -hmm. can we also talk about how you know if if you've seen other dc things like if you've seen the animated uh justice league you know about martian manhunter right like you as the fan outside of the fiction of the snyderverse know about martian manhunter and how he's a good guy and etc etc Batman, who has never met this green alien with red eyes, just kind of, he just shows up and then is like, hey, I can help you out. Oh, my name? I'm alien human killer. <laughs> I'm, I'm spaceman <laughs> human destroyer. Because <laughs> I was trying to remember, because I've also watched the animated series. I can't remember like his, his human name, his... his like, <laughs> What is it? His, his human name is John Johns. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> that, that, but how much better would that have been if he just said, some call me John Johns? Yeah, that would have been better. <laughs> just flown away. Yeah, Mar- Martian Man, like, if is that John fucking Jones dialogue John actually Jones? made sense, Batman should have been like, excuse me? You want to run that by me again, <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> right? But the yeah. thing is, is that I don't think that was even... Batman, or at least it, I don't know if that was Ben Affleck standing there on that lakefront property. He looked pretty strange to me. Yeah. Like a deep fake of Ben <laughs> Affleck. 
I, I could see it. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me because Ben Affleck as so okay again. Haven't seen Batman v Superman, but Ben Affleck looks so fucking nonplussed in every scene in this entire goddamn movie. It's like, dude, I'm just here for a paycheck. I'm just like, I don't want to be here. And I will also say that the script kind of did him like dirty. There was nothing really great with Batman in pretty much this entire movie. My favorite line from Batman the whole movie was basically like, hey, so what's your superpower? I'm super rich. Okay. Okay. Actually, I like that aspect of it because we do have like Batman in our heads as like this great hero among men. Among men. We're not talking about humankind anymore. That's why, you know, Justice League is an epic. It's like a Greek epic where you're talking to Wonder Woman, who's literally descended from the old gods, and Aquaman, who's the heir to Atlantis, and um, Cyborg, who is in the like connected to the mother boxes and therefore has a whole bunch of that power can do anything at a you know on his whim it's like where the power is scaled up so much that being really rich only gets you so far now mm-hmm. i mean it's even implied right like because he and uh alfred they worked on the nightmare they worked on the flying bat machine and both of those were easily overwritten and fixed by cyborg who just like did it with a snap of his finger, right? Yep. Like Cyborg was like, oh, she wants to fly. I'm going to make her fly. And then he just does it. And then the nightmare, yeah. when it gets beaten up by Steppenwolf, Cyborg's like, I'm just going to jack in and I, I got. I'll fix it. I got, I got this. I got this. I got this. Yeah. It, it was, I did, um, Zach and I were making fun of, not Zack Snyder, uh, Zach boyfriend Zach, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> were making For fun first of name every. Boyfriend, last, main, last name Zach. Yes, um, <laughs> we were making fun of all of um, Batman's gears, like single use in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like you have this amazing piece of technology that you've been working on for you know months and months that I'm sure the military would love to get their hands on, and it's like we got to use it for about five minutes before everything exploded and parademons got in or whatever. Yeah, like eventually, I know Batman's like really rich, but with the amount of shit he buys, like. I've you got to be hemorrhaging money, right? Like, I, I don't know. I Wayne mean, Enterprises. They, I mean, when you're I, that I'm rich. trying to We're, We got Bezos character. money, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. All I'm saying is, 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 is Ben Affleck, like, depressed Affleck memes happen for a reason. <laughs> so with this four-hour runtime, right, like, it's exhausting. You know, I, I enjoyed it, but was definitely like, I need a break uh, throughout yeah. the movie. Um, but... Something that so one of my original problems with the the uh, Whedon cut was this felt like the origin stories for Cyborg Flash and Aquaman all jammed into one and a revival story for Superman and they're fighting the big bad right like it's a lot of it's a lot of stories that didn't get time to breathe a lot this movie I think. It's it's a little better, right? Because there's more time for everything to breathe. But it still feels a little bit like Aquaman and Flash were a little shafted. Um, in terms of, I, I feel like we don't get as much of their stories as we could. It'd almost be like they should have made movies of those two before they came out. Obviously, Aquaman came out later, but we still don't have a Flash yeah. movie. Um, but I will say this movie feels like the Cyborg origin movie. The yes. origin story movie. Yeah. Yes, he's more than just a weird Pinocchio allegory. He's 
like got a plot and there's there's some resolution um especially with his relationship with his father i mean that that whole last uh part was named after you know uh, a father twice over mm-hmm. and it was actually really touching um i really liked the the cyborg story because it better communicated a what his powers are and b what a burden that would be um on a, a fucking teenager he's oh, a teenager yeah. that's weird <laughs> it is weird um yeah i mean obviously i haven't seen the original but i mean i'm glad they gave him backstory um i mean i still don't completely understand how his powers are supposed to work it's kind of like i don't know it seemed kind of vague to me maybe i missed something i mean he's, but, he's just a walking supercomputer that can metamorphosis his robot body yeah yes um and i don't know i the thing about cyborg is like like yeah i liked his backstory and he was like a relatively cool character after he kind of chilled out but like i it's it's really hard for me to get over cyborg's design if i'm being frank like I it's it it was really like any time Cyborg was on screen it was super distracting to me like how CG he was and it was like one of those things where it's like it looked like instead of having him wearing a like a mocap suit or something that they can like easily paint on they instead opted for him to like not wear anything and they just kind of painted him on in every scene and it almost looked like it was struggling to track him as he moved sometimes like the Mm. CG like so it was just incredibly jarring sometimes in the movie about his backstory like the whole like star football player that was cool um and like how you know he got an accident and his and his mom was like trying to apologize for his dad being absent and like the the conflict with his dad was like all really cool and it made for like an interesting backstory especially where there was none i mean that that's one way to do it um and it really sucks that his dad's story ends with him basically causing the mother box to be a gp like putting a gps tracker on the mother box and then he dies (laughs) Yeah, I that was that was one of the moments where the uh, I guess excessiveness of the of the violence anyway kind of shocked me. Like I literally saw the man's pelvis still standing while the rest of him wasn't, and then fall into dust. There were there, there's just some points where it's like okay, I like you can do that, but should you? Yeah, and honestly, I think. Cyber, if I if I had a criticism about his his backstory, it's that it almost feels like suffering porn. Like it, yeah. it almost is like okay, his mom dies, he gets in a car wreck, he's completely fucked up, and then his dad just like gets blown up, and it's like wow, I mean Jesus Christ, I mean fuck this kid, I guess. <laughs> and I I think what ma- what bothers me about it, especially with with the dad, right? Because in the OG cut, the dad is alive at the end remember that he was alive in this cut he's dead and i you know i i think there is there is some power to a story that's like even with the most traumatic life you you can find power in it because humans are resilient like we adapt and we survive as bear girls would say um obviously it's very excessive in this movie but i can't help but keep thinking batman satellites imagery steppenwolf has a big red dome over a whole town how would batman have not seen like he can track the heat six six satellites yeah he even says in the movie i have six satellites so how could he have not or alfred maybe who's like back at home playing league of legends or whatever how come he couldn't (laughs) see on one of the satellites 
hey, Master Bruce, there's a big red fuck in Russia. Can you can you go check that out? Maybe it's literally Chernobyl. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it, it it was like they needed to make up a reason for him to die to like make Cyborg feel as a character, right? Like to feel sympathetic towards him. So he goes back and listens to the recording, blah blah blah, and then they tried to make it the payoff for like this scene where like actually the 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 thing that his dad says on the tape is like this prescient speech that they play over the end of the movie and that does not feel fucking earned at all because i didn't care about his dad all that like the Mm. reason why his dad was there was to make cyborg a more sympathetic character and push a couple of plot points forward like his dad as a character alone i did not care about yeah you know what i'm saying so to make him the person that's like i'm he's i'm gonna give this big heart-filled speech at the end of this movie where to be fair we didn't fight dark side at the end of this movie or like we we have an idea of like what's maybe gonna happen like it tried to make us feel like oh man he like it's given you know we're supposed to have like chills right now because he's giving this big heart-filled speech about power and responsibility or whatever something that spider-man's de- uncle probably said and it's just not it just doesn't hit the way they think it does yeah and you know i I think it's just it's at least better than the theatrical cut. That's what I'm and I feel like I'm saying that a lot, right? And I feel like that's what's fueling my I'm okay with the Snyder cut, right? Cuz the theatrical cut as as our friend Adam said, Cyborg is just sad robot boy who's sad. Like at least yes. in this movie I believe that he's sad, you know, like I've seen all of the things that led up to him being moody and you know broody and and angry sad right um and it feels that feels a little more earned Mm. and i keep thinking back to the whedon cut where you remember the scene at the end well it's like 20 minutes before the end of the fucking snyder cut but at the end after they beat steppenwolf and then all of the justice members are standing up on top of that uh that wreckage and there's like the heroic triumphant music and it's like oh yeah the justice league they're here right they're all staring passionately at the back of this cargo plane that they're about to jump into and it's like yeah okay (laughs) oh no no no. it's 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 at the very end right where there's like they've conquered the bad right Mm. yeah they're staring at they're standing at the top of the silo they're literally just waiting for the plane to come and pick them up that's right yeah yeah Um, and then they they do a a panning shot of a close-up of all of their faces and then i remember in the original cut there's a hard cut to cyborg and then cyborg just says booyah and it's fuck yeah and that was so like remember the teen titans you remember that? Remember and, he would say booyah? Yeah. To eat pizza? And that super didn't feel earned because Cyborg was barely a character in the original. And I can totally understand why Ray Fisher has a few issues with Joss Whedon, let's say. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pending uh, legal action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I got it like... Um, there was there was still some of those Whedon-esque lines like my man and like stuff like that. But it did, again, feel, I guess, a little more earned, like the banter between certain characters like uh, Barry and Cyborg had a little bit of a rapport and so did um, 
everyone with uh, Aquaman who wasn't just like the dude. He wasn't as much of a dude bro as he was previously or in the Aquaman film. I felt like he had some he had some levity behind mm-hmm. it, especially because it, like I, I it was weirdly long. And the whole sniffing the sweater thing put oh me off. Oh, but, yeah. But, but before, like, why the okay. fuck was it there? Why before was the it sweater there? sniff. Listen, before the sweater sniff, loved it. Because it's like, this is their like folk god that comes on the king tide, like make sure that their village can still sustain itself, and then mysteriously leaves into the freezing <laughs> cold water. Up. That's and magical. Wherever he comes with a shirt on. Mm-hmm. Anyway... But they start singing it up like, what's what's happening? I thought the singing was cool. Like, I liked it. I thought it was because it, it was like, you know, their their local folk god coming in and there's like some weird magic to that. Whereas in the Whedon cut, I'm pretty sure it was he dives into the water and then he does the like not swimming torpedoing and there's like a rock song. Yeah, like blood and it's rock. like yeah, it's versus stripes. like just disappearing into the water. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that that is very Snyder because Zack Snyder has a god complex. Well, he doesn't have a god complex. He likes creating movies with characters that About have gods. god complexes. <laughs> um, because Superman is literally treated as a god in the Snyderverse, right? Like the fall of God when he dies, um, and then there in that mm-hmm. moment, Aquaman's being treated like a god. Wonder Woman is sort of treated like a god as well. Or a goddess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just I, I didn't actually make that connection of like Aquaman is treated as this hero god of that town. And I actually think that's interesting. Okay, fair, but sniffing the sweater. <laughs> but, I'm but not gonna let that go. I'm like, not gonna let same, that go. Same, but, but like, I like, <laughs> listen. I, that might have been improv. Jason Momo is the one of the sexiest motherfuckers in existence. Okay, I acknowledge that. All right, that dude is like Will you sniff his sweater? good looking. I, he he won the genetic lottery. All right, and I like when he's on screen. I like looking at the dude. Good looking guy, you know. And I honestly sometimes I like when he says things because it comes off as cool because he's fucking Jason Momoa and he looks cool doing it. All right, and I would <laughs> sniff the sweater too, but it didn't need to be there. In this, <laughs> but in it this did scene. We we could all live vicariously through her in that moment through her. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it smells like uh, sea salt and musk. It's the uh, yes. it's the new old spice <laughs> uh Aquaman line coming out this summer. And I check love, your local grocery store. And I love how it's very obvious that like the stylist whoever did his hair just used a bunch of sea salt spray <laughs> to get his hair to look like yes. that. Yes. It's accurate. <laughs> they just had him surf for a couple hours every morning and then come in. And do yeah, the he probably, honestly, he probably did it himself. Yeah, yeah. I went serving every morning before you know we started shooting to make sure my hair looked good for oh, the yeah. scenes I'm in because I'm Jason Momoa and I'm a I'm a badass and I'm gonna go ride my motorcycle now. Um, mm. Yeah. So I have to anyway. ask you two, how do you feel about Darkseid in this movie? Uh, He's still a Thanos knockoff, as far as I'm concerned. I know that there's more lore and probably could have been better communicated how he is different from Thanos. Um, But at this time with everything Marvel still fresh in the mind, it's hard not to be like very tall, bald man with a prominent chin taking over worlds. I've seen this before. (laughs) 
and I, I'm not something impressed. Something about bald dudes. Bald dudes with big chins that are evil. I guess. Um, sorry, I don't Josh know. Brolin. Bezos. Like, I think they. I think Robert, you actually said it that they kind of shot themselves in the foot building up Dark Side in the marketing and like mentioning that because it mm. probably would have been a much better payoff to sort of just let people view it in the movie. And be like, there's a thing in here that's like Dark Sides in this movie. Um, cause, and it also really sucks because now we're expecting, oh, you know, is there going to be a confrontation with dark side? And there really isn't one, you know, he like says some stuff and then it just kind of ends and knowing that we're not going to probably get another one of these movies, I kind of want to see Superman punch dark side in the face. Yeah. And that is what bothered me a lot with this movie is that had, uh, had there been no marketing showing off dark side. I feel like each moment you see Darkseid would feel like seeing Thanos during the end credits of some of the Marvel movies, mm, right? Because mm-hmm. it'd be like a little Easter egg where it's like, for the layman, you know, oh, who's that purple uh, intimidating guy? In the same way here, it'd be like, oh, that dude, like, Steppenwolf works for that guy. So that guy's got to be like a real badass, but I wonder yeah. who he is. And, they, and the Steppenwolf, in his own right, was a great villain this time around. Mm. Like, I don't know how you feel about it, Colin, but I thought... You know, he had a very clear motive. He was doing his thing and he was pretty intimidating and I liked his armor. Um, I liked that that was his head and not just ornamentation, the headdress. It was his head and we found that out very viscerally. Yeah, that that was part of his anatomy. (laughs) When When he gets his horn cut off. I was expecting him to like lean his head lopsided because it's like throwing the weight of his head off like yeah. crazy. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I thought he was fine. Like, you know, he's like the subservient minion of dark side and he's doing it to appease his master, basic villain shit, whatever. Retribution. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Sure. And apparently he got a less, a lot less backstory in the, in the original. Super and he less. Was just kind of just a bad, bad guy. Um, and I did kind of like the scene where he was like taking out all the Amazonians, even though there was so much goddamn CG in that scene that it was distracting for me. Um, but like, I, I mean, it was cool how they were basically playing, um, doing a relay race with the mother box and, you know, mm. uh, basically yeah, that was, seven, yeah, seven that was, wolf was like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And my mouth was open that entire scene. Like that was, especially after they sink the they're like seal it seal it and then they like literally yeet the whole temple into the sea yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like because y'all had us thinking in the Whedon cut that it's like they had a couple stone walls to keep in this ancient unknowable technology it's like give the amazons more credit they had a better plan in mind and it was yeeting the entire temple into the sea which is a pretty good plan i mean it's better than the that human then plan just shows how powerful steppenwolf is so my question is, why knock down all the walls and put the walls up if you're just going to knock the whole goddamn thing into the sea anyway? What's the point? It's just going to crumble into the sea. So it don't leak out. Extra layers. There's no obvious exit. Wait, is the whole structure... Fu- Wait, didn't the structure f- crumble into the sea, or am I remembering this wrong? I mean, I mean like, the, the whole- landmass under it crumbled into the sea. But, like, right, the but temple the build, itself the, the, looked the, like it was still... Oh, temple. so they're, like, trying to lock piece. it in and do, like, a... And then, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, Seven still, still broke I, out. He still, he still got in, so it was pointless anyway. We boom tubed in, which, which really sucks because we see the sacrifices that happen. There was a ton of people still in there fighting, 
when they sealed it and then it crumbled into the sea mm. that, that everything that happened with the amazonians i was just like yes yes, yes a lot of ancient lamentations. ancient, ancient lamentations, lamentations. <laughs> yeah. I was, so we weren't tired of it by that point in the movie but by the you know the fucking 12th time it happens when anytime Wonder Woman does literally anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do think those scenes of uh, uh, I was about to say Thanos of Steppenwolf collecting the Infinity Stones. Um, those scenes yes. felt more earned and got more room to breathe in this movie where it, it did feel like he's a legitimate threat. And that's what I liked about Steppenwolf in this movie is that you, you see those scenes with him talking to Desaad and Daddy and uh, saying, hey, can I come back home, Dad? And Dad's like, no, keep conquering worlds. He's like, okay, Dad. Uh, so he keeps collecting the Infinity Stones. So you can tell he is he's afraid of something, right? Mm. Like there's something that scares him, which is dark side. But he fucking wrecks people in this movie. He destroys a temple full of Amazonians, literally one of the most powerful warriors on Earth. And he fucking wrecks Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Batman, Aquaman, but not Superman. Nope. And that to me was like this really cool. It felt like Dragon Ball anime power curve shit, right? Like Frieza's beating yeah. the shit out of everyone. Even Vegeta can't stop him. Even base form Goku can't stop him. But then Goku goes Super Saiyan. And then Vegeta and then Frieza's a little piece of baby shit, right? That's <laughs> that's what Steppenwolf felt like here, right? Like he's scary, mm -hmm. intimidating, and there's a bigger thing above him that's even scarier. But then when Superman arrives, he's He's garbage. He's nothing. Superman just yeah. beats the fuck out of yep. him. Yeah. And yep. then I, I do like the scene, though, where like Darkseid is like in the portal and they like throw like Stefan Wolf gets thrown at the portal. I think Superman does it. And then and then Wonder <laughs> Woman comes in with a fucking decapitation. And he's Fatality. Like, Here, take your fucking leftovers. <laughs> just take your your little bitch back. And then Darkseid just crushes his head. <laughs> just steps yeah. on it. Yeah. He's like, all right, we're doing this old school. Get, yeah. get in the ship. The ending fight was uh, where Superman shows up, especially. It was probably my favorite part of the movie if I had one, mm. you know? Um, and that that was like, it didn't save the movie for me by any means, but it was like, okay, that was pretty cool. Like, I, I acknowledge. And of course, the scene where the explosion happens and then Flash saves the day was pretty cool. You know, he turns oh. back time and. Yeah, that was really yeah. pretty to look at, too. I think that was probably yeah. the better was cool. CG moments. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you guys, what did you think about Barry Allen, uh, super awkward teenager, early twenties? I like them. What'd you think about that kid? I like. Uh, I always forget the actor's name. Ezra Miller. Um, Ezra Miller. Yeah, I like him because I actually not that long ago watched uh, the Perks of Being a Wallflower, and he's fantastic in that. Um, so I like Ezra Miller. And I liked his jokes. It was kind of a little bit of a relief from the the dark and depressing f fucking movie that this was. Um, even though it's like it was a little ham fisted sometimes, but I heard it was also worse in the Joss Whedon version. Um, and the parts where his dad weren't too bad either. I kind of liked it. Like his dad's like, no, like, don't don't be a fuck up. Um, just like go do something with your life, please. Uh, yeah. Which his dad was entirely absent from the previous cut yeah you didn't even get why barry was doing anything yeah but yeah. the scene with the car wreck was way too fucking long dude like that 
But we, the wieners. We said all that the wieners scene in the for air. so fucking long. Like wieners. 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 Wieners in the air. And not to mention the girl. And then who we was save all C- one for later. Yeah, the girl the who was all CG'd up was like looked so nonplussed that she was just in a major fucking car wreck. Mm. She's special. Yeah. It's Iris. I I don't know. It's just the whole scene was just like, oh my god, we've been here for five minutes, please. Yeah. I don't know. I, I liked Barry in this movie. I mean, I liked him in the original too. He was probably one of my favorites because he's the Flash, you know, and he plays the Flash really well. I think that. I mean, it's a, he's mm-hmm. a little more like um, awkward, like you said, daily than than other Flash incarnations. Who tends to be a little more like cocky, funny type of guy, right? Um, but I, I think Ezra Miller did a fantastic job in here, and I, I love that one of my favorite scenes from the original cut uh, showed up here. Um, is it's that scene. Where Superman first comes back to life, all the heroes are fighting him. Obviously, they can't do shit to him because he's Superman, right? Mm-hmm. And then Flash is like, "It's okay. I'm the fastest thing in the universe. I can go faster than the speed of light. So I'm just gonna like run at him from the side." And then Henry Cavill's eyes just like dart over, and then it's like, "Oh, he's fucked," you know? And like <laughs> that—that that, that was really cool. That yeah. was so cool. Like that was that was a goosebump moment. Um, I really liked the moment, um, and I think it's it's a good character study for like who Barry is. Like when he goes into his like um, his own Flash cave, not Bat cave, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, I'm Bruce Wayne, and he's like, dude, am I supposed to know like? Who yeah, he's like, why are you and saying then, that? Like, I'm supposed to know who you are. And then when he throws the batarang, he's like, wait, a minute, you're Batman. <laughs> Can I keep this? I I just, it was just like a very good, like, um, in the original film, that was like the best explanation for like who he is as a character. Whereas in this one, it, it builds on that quirkiness that, uh, isn't like down your throat quirkiness. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a good amount of quirk. Yeah. I am curious to see how, you know, cause they're the standalone flash movies in production right now. Right. So, uh, or maybe no I, I feel like the dceu is just weirdly in flux there's um, okay. there's and there's like weird stuff happening with like ezra miller and like i don't mm. i don't know what's happening I think a lot of stuff my, is happening the only thing i'm confident in is the robert pattinson batman which is completely divorced from any of this justice league batman i wonder if that's going to be in the in the joaquin phoenix joker verse thing I don't know if that's, that's going to be a verse either. I don't know. <laughs> if, if that's that's going to be in the same. I, I don't fucking. DC, what are you doing? What are you if, doing? Anyway. If, if if everyone had their way and like this this was the OG and we continued from now at at this point, if this Justice League had come out in 2017, we would be talking about, um, hey, they mentioned uh, Ryan Choi in the movie mm-hmm. and he's Adam. Adam mm-hmm. from the vine. Get it? I get it. But yeah, you get it. You get it. And they were working on the laser and the lasers. It's all connected. They made it's all coming together, guys. Except for not anymore. Yeah. Not, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, well, my point is, I hope the Flash movie gets made because he was definitely the more fun character in this movie. And I hope the Flash movie is good if it does get made. I think mm-hmm. that could there, there's potential there. Um, That's what I said about Aquaman. Yeah. Oops. Also, the, the the funny thought just popped into my head. You you guys know how like Spider Man three is coming out, or the third Spider Man Tom Holland movie, the multiverse Spider Man, and it's gonna be multiverse. What if they did that with Batman and they got like Michael Keaton and like George uh, Clooney, George Clooney, and uh, <gasps> who was the other eighties bat? Who was the other nineties Batman? 
Uh, uh, oh God! Uh, uh-huh. They resurrect Adam West mm-hmm. and, and Adam Christian West. Bale. And Necromancy. Then, yeah, Christian Bale. They get all the Batman's together, and they make a, that. That'd be wild. That'd be a fucking batshit crazy movie. <gasps> and that's the name of it: Batman, batshit crazy. Batshit crazy. I mean, without edgy. Call this Warner is. Brothers, Colin. You need to tell them. It's gonna bother me. I'm gonna have to look who who played who played Batman. This podcast not, is sponsored by Google. Uh, uh, Pat, Pat Affleck. Bruh, can you imagine? Uh, dude, they got to get Kevin Conroy in there. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Uh, so while I, I think it's it's a good time for us now to start debriefing, kind of. I, I feel like we we've said a lot, yeah, about about the movie. Anyone have any like big final thoughts they need to get off their chest about their favorite characters or scenes or whatever? So, like, while I. I don't think this is a terrible movie. Um, there were a handful of scenes that I actually did enjoy. I think for the most part, like the, I, I won't be coming back to this movie. I don't, this is not for me. Like, I'm glad that fans of this movie got, got their due diligence and their, their, their got, it was done justice. That was the, the pun I was looking oh, for. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm happy for them. And I hope it gets a continuation or they at least do it again and they do it much better because I think DC deserves to have good movies. They deserve to have a good cinematic universe. You know what I'm saying? You know, a good DC movie can be done. Christian Bale, Batman's movies were good. You know, the Joker was good. Um, you know, I'm, it's possible. Um, it wasn't Shazam okay? Wasn't, didn't people like that? I... I loved Shazam. I had a good time with Shazam. Yeah, that's so th- th- it can be done. Just fucking it can be done. The time, set it up, man. Do the thing. Do it right. Get it, get your own Kevin Feige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I again, yeah. There's people that are passionate about it, um, about the stories, and those are the people that you need to hire. Um, I will say my my last I I guess gripe is the extended shot of like when Lois was getting her reporter's badge out of her drawer and there was a box for a pregnancy test. What the hell it's was like, that? What the hell was that? Okay, I get it. It's like, you know, she's grieving. She was building a life with Clark Kent and da da da. And, and, There's and too many notice. implications. There's too ben many implications. Affleck, ben Affleck at the end of the movie tells Superman, hey, congratulations. Yeah, but it was like, was that congratulations for the marriage? Congratulations for getting the house back? Congratulations because for the baby? baby. Congratulations for, hey, you're back to life. How's that feel? Because <laughs> she hadn't agreed to marry him mm-hmm. until, like, posthumously, like, agreed to marry Superman Clark. But there's too many implications about, like, if they had a kid within this cinematic universe. Like, that's, like, can you? Can Kryptonians and humans procreate. Yep. Are we too different? Oh yeah, that happens. But we can. Superboy. And if we can, where are those powers going to be? Like, there's too much. There's too much, and it was also just very ham-fisted as a whole. I mean, y'all know about the like the Snyder secret cuts, right? Right? Like he has apparently had scripts written out for what the future of the Justice League would look like, and it'd be like Clark's yeah. and Lois's kid grows up to be Batman or something. What? It's so, yeah. Superman's son was going to be the future Batman. Yeah, it's in the weird. future, future, future Justice League movie. 
Yeah, which we don't even know is going to happen. So whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's so funny because I'm I'm looking at my waveform for this recording and it just gets progressively louder as I rant louder and louder. <laughs> angrier and angrier. More ancient lamentations. Yeah. Oh god. I don't know. Sorry sorry to post Robert. My I don't know. My my final my final thoughts here are with you know, I I liked it. I do wish this is what came out in theaters because I feel like it would have drastically altered what the DC cinematic universe could have been. Now this just feels like uh, too much too late <laughs> in that, you know, we could finally we could finally imagine the future of the Snyderverse, but I don't think we're ever going to see it, which is sad. I, I would have loved to see Henry Cavill beat up CGI Dark Thanos. Um, that would have been really cool to watch because, you know, Dark Side's one of like the he is literally a Thanos of the universe. He's one of the Justice League's biggest enemies because he can beat the shit out of Superman. Right. Um, so that would have been nice, but I also, you know, when I take off my DC blinders, if I think about what would I rather watch again, would I rather watch the Snyder cut or infinity war and Endgame back to back? I think nine times out of 10, it's going to be infinity war and Endgame back to back because, Oh, no question. Are, Same boat. Yeah. Those are just better made movies. They feel more fun. They have a lot more engaging moments. Um, mm. They and, you have know, even Chris I, Evans with a beard. Yeah, GG, right? Um, I mean, th those characters I don't like as much as I do the DC characters, but Infinity War and Endgame feels like a much uh, bigger story that has a way better payoff and a resolution, as opposed to this that is creating a big story out of nothing and doesn't have a resolution, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... Yep. I just, there's still time, man. Like, DC is not going anywhere. And I I really hope in the future that they actually take the time and invest in some sort of, like, universe and do the damn thing right. Yeah. It baffles me. It it almost seems like it's their, it's their own hubris that they're choking on. They're like, we're, it's DC stories. It's Batman. It's Superman. We can't fail. And it's like, if you do it wrong... People are going to notice we're not just we're not dumb. We're not that dumb. I'll say that much. <laughs> we may be dumb, but not that dumb. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, is like a lot of the stories that, you know, I, I've heard about. Robert's told me about stories from the comics. I've, I've read about stories from the comics on the Internet from from the DC universe. And a lot of those stories actually sound much more intriguing, much more interesting and much more grounded to me than a lot of the stories that happen in the Marvel Universe. Like, you have so much good material to work with. I mean, they, they've been pulling off great animated movies for years with mm -hmm. the DC Universe. And it, there, there's no excuse, man. There really isn't. There isn't. There's clearly money. There's clearly, yeah. you know, plenty of passionate people out there. It, I think it's just, uh, I guess, executives getting like in the way. There's, there's bureaucracy getting in the way. And in, in this case, we had the moment of the the passionate people, the fans being like, actually, no, you don't know best. In this case, we know best. And I will not say that that's always the case. That is definitely not always the case. Mm -hmm. But this is one of those moments that is enabled by the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I and think, then they're, they're going to make DC Studios and then it's going to get bought by Disney, guys. And then they're going to happen. 
I mean, Mouse owns all. To, to me, the, the biggest feather in this movie's cap is that it feels like a passion project. And that is mm. hard for me to fault. You know, that I, I do have my problems with the Snyder Cut, but it at least feels like his unadulterated vision. You know, this is the the biggest, longest uncut Zack Snyder we've ever seen. And, you know, I, there is something kind of nice about that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I I can respect that. But even that, like, it could have been ruled in a little bit. But you know what? People people got the thing that they wanted, and that's great. That I think, if anything, the takeaway is like, it, if the fan base is loud enough, if the internet wants it enough, if people are willing to see it. I mean, the fact that people are talking about, like, I don't remember fe- seeing people talk about a movie this fucking much on Twitter or like across the internet since Avengers happened. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, it's taken over my feeds completely over the past like three or four days. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? E- e- even if it isn't necessarily all positive, like, oh my God, four by three aspect ratio. Oh my God, this scene, that scene. It doesn't matter. It's press. It's catching on. People fucking care. And it's like, it's a story that people made happen. It's something that, that people got together and like, we want this to happen because like, you know, we should, we shouldn't be getting shafted over this movie we we deserve to see like the original vision and that's what happened and that's great yep here we are here we are it's the justice league and this is it this is all we're getting i don't know i <laughs> i i think um with dc you know if, if they're gonna keep going down the route of like making movies that are disconnected from one another like joker the batman right i i kind of hope they keep doing that and just nailing the stories with it like the self-contained stories within themselves because we are at the point i would say where most people know superman and batman and wonder woman probably right diminishing returns the further out you go from those properties but people know them we don't need to see another batman origin story we don't need to see another how did batman and joker meet right i'm tired of watching martha wayne get shot and the pearls flying. I can't tell you how many different formats I've seen that in. <laughs> exactly. So now I think this is a good time for the DC cinematic universe to just take a step back and just start making self-contained films. Make a live action version of Justice League Doom or or Justice League Dark Knights. You know, that would be really rad to see come to life. Because I think at this point, spoilers for Dark Knights, there's uh, there's a version of Batman who becomes the Joker and he becomes the, jo- the the Batman who laughs. And it's real badass. And I think most average people nowadays would see that character design and kind of be able to make the connection of, oh, that's like a Batman and Joker, like together as one. Like mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't be so confusing and need like 20 movies of setup. Like they could just do it in that movie, make a cool movie and then move on to another story. You know, like Superman, Red Sun or Injustice, yes. right? Yes, that is a super interesting storyline. Mm-hmm. And especially now, it'd be interesting to be explored. Yeah. So who knows? We'll see, we'll see what the future looks like. Um, but for now, I think we need to wrap up our eight. Guys, eight hours. Wow. Look at that. Eight, Man, hours. eight hours. We've been here. For, <laughs> we Honestly, watched the movie we... all together and then, yeah, I... talked. I think we did a pretty good job at like not making this super long winded because there, there, I mean, there was tons more I'm sure in the movie to talk about, but we, I think we, we, we stayed conservative there. We uh definitely mm-hmm. reined it in. Yeah. Well, th- that's the th- Colin. This was just part one. 
God. There's, there's a part two. There's Don't. six other parts. Yeah. I'm just and saying, listen, if, if you guys want a full fucking breakdown of this goddamn movie, I mean, the, the, over the kind of funny, Greg Miller and all the, the, their crew, two, two hours and 45 minutes, and that's just part one, okay, mm-hmm. of their spoiler cast. So if, that's, if you're looking for, like, analysis, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so we, we hope you enjoyed our, our little show here. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. And if you have any thoughts about the Justice League Snyder Cut that uh, that you'd want us to read, or if you have questions about our thoughts, uh, you can email those to everythinginpod at gmail.com or tweet at us at everythinginpod. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, uh, unless something crazy happens. But that's the plan. So if you have thoughts about NFTs as well, feel free to shoot those our way. Uh, we'd be very interested to uh, see what you guys think about whatever the fuck nfts are yeah, yeah please like that, send this it. is the first time i've heard what it actually stands for this you listen i've heard like three or four explanations now as to what the fuck they are and i still don't understand so please write in please please keep trying yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to feel stupid mm-hmm. i mean don't worry we'll do the research like now robert i mean i know a bit but i'm gonna do more research and so will the other two so we're not just gonna be yes, like an yes, hour we're not going I'm, gonna into it blind. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make my, my, my monkey brain try to understand what this, this confounded technology these kids are talking about controversial people have different opinions we want to know yours yeah so shoot them to us links down in the description uh and you know honestly it's it's been really really nice you know we've we were talking about this before we recorded so i'm going to out you two uh we were talking about how awesome it is that we're seeing you know these people send in their thoughts because you know what we're doing is having a conversation but we love that you the listener are also getting in on the conversation with us and i think it's kind of rad so thank you for sending in your thoughts please keep doing that because you know it puts a little smile on our faces yeah absolutely yeah. and uh, by the way we'll Thanks be smile. producing the next podcast as an nft so uh we'll be putting that up on our merch store and you could actually own an episode of the podcast guys mm-hmm. I, i'm totally kidding i'm totally kidding can, can we do that how do we do that i don't know how to do, but oh i already know how to do that i mean part two through six of our justice League spoiler cast are going to be nfts right, 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 right. Uh, well, you'll need an NFT to access them, I should say. Yeah, I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. I, to I to own know. them, a- even though we're gonna own it, a- but even you- though apparently you people can just buy, like somebody bought Jack Jacks from Twitter's t- tweet, I guess, and paid for real money for yeah. that millions of dollars to own the they tweet. Own real money that Jack they Dorsey own a digital owns. thing. It's we'll talk about it next week. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this has been everything in Potteration. Thank you again so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. And we'll be back next week. And until then, where's Martha? Why did I live? I don't. <laughs> that was unintelligible. <laughs>